0: Welcome to the Bethel World Outreach Church Podcast. It's our prayer that wherever you are in life, today's message will help you draw closer in your relationship with God. Enjoy the message. I want to talk to you this morning, men, about strength. The strength that you need to do all that is expected of you um, as a father, as a husband, as a leader, as a godly man. The strength you need to love your wife like Christ loves the church, to be a godly example for your children, to be the spiritual leader and priest in your family, to be able to provide adequately for your wife and your children. And on top of that, as a man who wants to please God and who has to deal with all of the pressures and challenges of life in this society, living for Christ in a society that is becoming more and more Christless, it takes a lot of strength. You've got to be strong mentally. You've got to be strong spiritually. And And physically as well, where do you get, where do we get, and where can we go to get the strength that we need as men? I know it can be wearying, and it can be tiring, and many men have failed and have given up because they realize that the strength that they need to do all that is expected of them is not something that they have naturally. And so many give up and stop trying altogether. So I pray this morning as we remember fathers and we celebrate men in a particular way that I can say something that will help you receive and walk in the fullness of God's plan for your life and that the strength that you need will be there to enable you to do what you just cannot do in yourself. There's a scripture that I want us to read and that's from Isaiah chapter 40 from verse 28. And the prophet writes, Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives, and this is the key here, he gives strength to the weary And increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary. And young men stumble and fall. But those who, the NIV says, hope in the Lord. King James, those who wait on the Lord. Will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Wow, what a promise. He gives strength to the weary. He increases the power of the weak. They will soar like wings, on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. And they will walk and not be faint. They will walk and not get tired. They will run and not need to rest. Now, that's a promise I want to see working in my life. And wow, what a difference it would make if we as men were actually experiencing what Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28 to verse 31 describes. Now, there are two kinds or two sources of strength in general. I mean, you can get your strength from the world. Uh, there is a measure of strength that the world supplies and that a lot of people look to and that's the kind of strength they pursue. You see it manifested in political power, military power, Um, and the essence of the strength that the world gives is one for domination, for control, for seeking one's self-interest, and for using their strength and power to get your way. Um, The world offers that kind of strength, and many men, in fact most men, that's where they look, and that's the source of their strength is from the world or from within their own natural abilities. They rely upon themselves for the strength to do what they're supposed to do or what they're called to do or what they desire to do. But that's always going to be a mistake because, you see, the strength which the world gives will never be enough for you or me to live the life God has called us to live and to do what God has called us to do as men of God. The strength of the world will never be adequate to enable you or me to do what God has called us to do and to live as God has called us to live, as men of God. If we're going to be able to walk in the fullness of God's plan for our lives, we're going to need a source of strength that is far greater, a different kind of strength than the world gives. In fact, in the passage that we just read, he said, that young men stumble, youths fall, they grow weary. And, of course, he's using young men and he's using youths here as, as the epitome of the kind of strength that we can walk in, that we receive from the world or that comes to us by natural means. And what he is saying here is that the, the strength that comes to us by natural means or that we receive from the world, even at its best, will prove to be insufficient. It will, at some point, fail. And so, to rely on that is going to eventually bring you to a point where you are weary, and where you are tired, and where you stumble, and where you fall, you faint, you give up. So, Instead of pursuing or trying to be and do what God has called us to do in our own strength or by receiving our strength from the world, which will eventually leave us tired, defeated, unfulfilled, and certainly not having done what God has called us to do, we can look to the Lord for our strength. And so the writer declares, That those who wait on the Lord, those who trust in the Lord, those who hope in the Lord, they will experience the strength of the Lord and will be able to soar like eagles. They will be able to run and not get weary and walk and not faint. And what is the main point that he's making here when when he talks about the strength of the Lord, enabling us to be able to soar? like the eagle, run and not get tired, or run and not need rest, and walk and not faint, not get tired. The point he's making here is that when you are receiving strength from the Lord, when the Lord has become your strength, then you're no longer relying on your own strength to do what needs to be done. You're no longer relying on your strength To do the walking, you're not relying on your own strength to do the running, and you're not relying on your own strength to do the soaring. Like like the eagle spreads her wings and allows the wind to carry her, the point being made here is that you don't have to become exhausted spiritually, tired spiritually, faint spiritually, get weary emotionally. Give up in living the life God has called you to and in being what you need to be to your family, uh, to your community, to your church. You don't have to get to the place, man, where emotionally and spiritually you're all spent. And the key is to be able to run and walk and soar and do what God has called you to do without having to do them in your own strength. Uh, let me give you an example. If, If you were to walk or run 10 miles, by the time you got to your destination, you would be tired, you would be exhausted. Why? Because you use your own energy and use up your energy in the process of walking or running. And so by the time you get to your destination 10 miles later, you are tired and you just want to sit down and do nothing for a while. Contrast that with getting into a car and driving, or better still, being driven 10 miles. You get there, and you are completely rested. You're not tired, you're not sweating, you're not exhausted. Why? Because when you're traveling 10 miles in a car, you are letting the car be the source of your energy. You're using or expending the energy of the car and preserving your own. And so God is really exactly, that's what he's inviting us to do right now. He's saying, listen, man, I've, you know, you got a lot to do. Naturally, there are a lot of things you got to do. Spiritually, there are things you have to do, and there's a lot of pressure. And if you try to do this stuff through your own power and your own energy, you are going to get exhausted. You're going to get tired. You're going to quit. You're going to think You're going to lose your joy. And it doesn't have to be that way if you will allow me to carry you. If you will learn to rely on my strength rather than your strength to do what I've called you to do and to be what I've called you to be, then you can do what you're supposed to do and be what you're supposed to be and not be tired, not be weary, not faint in the process. Wow, what a blessing to know that I can be what God has called me to be, the father, the husband, the leader, the godly man, the provider, whatever it is that I am to do as a man, as a husband, that God has made provision for me to to be able to do those things without wearing myself out or becoming burnt out. I can do those things and actually enjoy doing them because he is willing and able to give me his strength in order to accomplish his will. There's an illustration that we can draw from David's example to help us understand the difference between depending upon the strength of the Lord versus depending upon the Lord as your strength. Excuse me, the strength of the world versus depending upon the Lord as your strength. Remember when David was about to go to battle against Goliath, Saul offered David his armor. And David, out of respect for Saul, tried on the armor, but quickly realized that if he went to battle with Saul's armor, he was going to be defeated by Goliath. And so David wisely exchanged Saul's armor for another armor, the armor of the Lord. And so instead of clothing himself in Saul's armor, which represents the world system and what the world provides and the strength that you can receive by looking to the world, or look to yourself, he exchanged that for the Lord as his strength. And so he clothed himself in the Lord spiritually and went to battle against Goliath, not relying upon himself or upon the world's system or upon Saul's armor. He went to battle against Goliath, relying on the strength of the Lord. The Lord was his strength. And so he could boldly say to Goliath, you're coming to me with the sword. You're coming to me with a spear. You're coming to me relying upon the world system and the strength which the world gives and upon your own natural strength. But I'm coming against you in the name of the Lord. I'm coming against you clothed in him as my strength and as my ability. And you know the result. David resoundly defeated Goliath And he did not do that in his strength. He did it in the strength which the Lord gave him. Hear me. Don't depend upon yourself. Don't depend upon the strength or the things that you can get from the world to be the father, to be the husband, to be the man of God you're called to be. Those things will fail you. Follow David's example and place your faith in the Lord and clothe yourself in the Lord. As your strength, and go to battle against the enemy, clothed in the strength which the Lord has given you for the battle. Hallelujah. Now, let me me try to make this a little bit more practical. Uh, Many of you have heard of uh, Augustine, uh, one of the early fathers of the faith. And Augustine said something that had a famous quote of his is is this. He said, he said, Lord, you can command whatever you will, only give what you command. Lord, you can tell me whatever you want me to do, command me to do whatever you want me to do, and I'm willing to do whatever you want me to do. But Lord, if you're going to command me to do something, make sure that you give what you command. In other words, what he's saying is, I am fine with the command. I'm ready to obey. I'm willing to obey. You have a right to command. But Lord, you know that I don't have the strength in myself to obey your commandments, to keep your word, to do your assignment. I don't have the strength. I know myself and you know me that unless you also give with the command, the strength I need to keep it, the command can never be fulfilled. Your will will never be done as it's supposed to be. I know myself. I know he is saying, I know my weaknesses. I know my limitations. I know how prone I am to err. I know how prone I am to do or to say what I have no business doing or say. I know. You tell me love my neighbor as myself. I know that in myself and in my flesh dwells no good thing and my own tendency is to be selfish and to be self-centered. I want to love my neighbor as myself. I want to love my wife as Christ loves, loves the church. I want to be this, this man of honor, but I know my propensities. I know my weaknesses, my own weaknesses. And so Yes, Lord, go ahead and you have a right to command me. I don't challenge that right, but God, knowing my human weaknesses and frailties, when you command me to do something, please give, supply the strength to obey and keep that commandment. Now, Of course, that makes a lot of sense to me because I can identify with Augustine. I suspect many of you men who are watching, you can identify, yeah, Lord, I'm willing to do this. I'm willing to obey. I'm willing to live a godly life. I'm willing to live holy. I'm willing to be the kind of father I'm called to be, husband I'm called to be, provider, spiritual leader. I'm willing, Lord, but I know my own weakness. So, Lord, with the command, please give this strength, Supply the strength, because my strength is not sufficient. Now, here's the good news. Here's the good news. The Lord agrees with you. The Lord agrees with you that you do not have in yourself, and the world doesn't have, what you need in order to accomplish His purpose and do His will and live in this life, this world, the way he has called you to live and to be what he's... He knows that. He knows that the assignments he's given you, the commands he's given you, the expectations he has of his children, he knows that in and of themselves, they do not have the strength to comply. So the Lord who is gracious and good, has made provision for us to have his strength in order that with his strength we can fulfill his commands the Lord knows so remember Jesus himself speaking to his disciples remember what he said he said to them apart from me you can do nothing so he he agrees that if he tells us to do something. If he does not give to us the ability to do what he tells us to do, the strength to do what he tells us to do, he admits, you, you don't have the power, or strength to do it. So he, he obviously is not expecting you or me to be able to do what we are called to do and be what we're called to be as men apart from him. And so with the command, he gives the strength for its. Fulfillment, my grace is sufficient for you, he told Paul. My strength is actually made perfect in your weakness. You see, when you are weak, when you are helpless, when when you admit that you are not able in yourself to do what is being asked of you, he doesn't see that as something negative. He says, wow, yeah, because when you can admit your weaknesses, when you can admit you don't have the strength, When you can admit that you cannot do or be what I've called you to be and therefore you have to turn to me for the strength that you need, that is exactly the opportunity I I long for because my strength can have full manifestation and expression in a, a man and through a man who has come to the place where he knows he must totally and completely depend upon me and look to me for the strength that he or she needs. Hallelujah. I can do all things, Paul said, but it's through Christ who strengthens me. The reverse is true. I can do nothing that is according to God's will and for God's glory without his strength. In John chapter 5, there's a story recorded there that helps illustrate how the Lord is a source of our strength and how the Lord does strengthen His people to do what He's called them to do. That's the story of the Pool of Bethesda where Jesus shows up and all of these sick people, sick folk are uh, lying around the pool and 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 waiting for the waters to be stirred because they believe that an angel will stir the water and the first person who gets in will be healed. And so, the sick folks came um, and to that place seeking healing and Jesus shows up one day and Jesus walks up to one of those people who were there and the Bible says this man had been sick with an infirmity for 38 years. He had been in his condition and basically bedridden for 38 years as a result of his sickness. And Jesus walked up to him and said, man, do you want to be healed? And his response was, Lord, I got nobody to put me in to the pool uh, because when the waters get stirred, uh, because there's no one to help me and I don't have strength, I'm not able to move uh, to get myself there in time, I haven't been able to receive my healing. 38 years he was in that condition. 38 years he was weak. 38 years, he was unable to help himself. 38 years, he wanted to walk. He wanted to be independent. He wanted to be able to provide for himself and not have to depend upon others, provide for his family. He wanted those things. But for 38 years, he couldn't. He was too weak. He didn't have the strength to even pick himself up and take himself to the pool where he hoped he would have gotten healed. But then Jesus comes, and Jesus says to him, take up your bed and walk. Rise, take up your bed and walk. And the Bible says immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and walked, immediately, immediately. Wait a minute, you know, I'm getting a little bit up there in years these days, and I find that if I was to sit in a car for, let's say, six hours, uh, sometimes less, uh, getting out of that car is not as easy as it used to be. Uh, it takes a little longer to get out, and and when I do get out, I, I, it takes a while for me to really start walking and walking well because what has happened is the joints have become stiffened a little bit, the muscles tighten up, and so it takes a while to loosen up after just six hours of just sitting in a car. Here's this man for who, for 38 years, had been bedridden and so he had very little use, if any, of his limbs. You can imagine the stiffness in the joints, you can imagine. You know, how small his muscles were, how weak he was. And with one command, the Bible says he gets up and he begins to walk. Not just, not, he walks, he gets a picks of his mat and he begins to walk. He's healed. Instantly, he has received strength from the Lord to do what he had not been able to do for 38 years wow what a picture what an example of what can happen when the lord becomes your strength and when the lord gives you his very own strength you're now able to do what you couldn't do for 38 years i don't know how long you may have been trying to love your wife as christ loves the church how long you've been trying to be a good father how long you've been trying to be a godly man, how long you've been trying to be a leader. But hear me, it may not be as long as 38 years, or it might be longer than that. It matters not. The picture of the revelation being given to us here in the John 5 miracle at the Pool of Bethesda is that When you don't have strength to do what you need to do, what you should be doing, and what you desire to be doing, you can receive strength, supernatural strength, divine enablement from the Lord. Hallelujah. And that which you have not been able to do, you can be empowered by him to do. What a promise. Now, there's a revelation in this this story that blesses my heart, and I pray that you get it. And here's the revelation. Remember what Augustine had asked, Lord, go ahead and command me, command your will, but make sure that you give what you command. You give the ability to do it. And we see that this this is exactly what is taking place here. When Jesus says to this man, rise and take up your bed and walk, that's a command. That's an injunction. He's commanding him to do something. But the command, it's also empowerment. In other words, the word of command is first of all, the word of enablement. In other words, when Jesus says to him, rise, take up your bed and walk, Jesus knew he couldn't. So Jesus must first enable him to keep the commandment, enable him to walk. And so the word that comes out of the mouth of Jesus, which we hear as a command, is first and foremost a word of enablement. It's a word of empowerment. In the commandment itself is the power for its own fulfillment. It's like when God created the world. There was nothing. When God said, let there be, that was the command, but that very command had within it the power to bring it to pass, to fulfill itself. And so when Jesus says to the man who had no strength, rise up and walk, the very word of command was first a word of enablement and empowerment. In other words, Jesus, by that very word, was supplying the enablement that the man would need in order to obey it. Wow. Do you hear what I'm saying? Because if you just got what I just said, then you realize that everything he's commanded you to do was first, firstly, he's empowering you to do it. And where many of us miss it is that we see it only as a command and we don't recognize the enablement and the empowerment which comes really first. You see the strength to obey is given in the command itself. Wow. Now with that understanding, the next time I hear the Lord say to me, love your wife as I love the church. I no longer just hear an injunction or a commandment that I must somehow muster up the strength and power and will to do. No, I hear from the Lord a word of empowerment. I hear from the Lord an impartation of strength and ability to do something that, I need, I I need for my own well-being, something that I need for his glory. He is actually empowering me to actually do it. So, love your wife. He comes to me like what Jesus said to the man at the pool, rise up and walk. He comes to me like what God said at creation, let there be light. Love your wife as Christ loves the church. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, I believe and I receive in that word the power and the enablement, the strength that I need to love my wife as Christ loves the church. You see, with every command that the Lord gives us, he is first and foremost imparting to us the very strength that is needed for that command because he knows apart from him, apart from the strength he gives you, you can do nothing so first and foremost and if you hear what i'm saying your first response to god's command is to believe the good news that he has with the command giving you strength and power for its fulfillment hallelujah the Lord commands what He wills. The Lord commands us to do what He wills. But understand that He enables us by that command to obey. And so, first and foremost, receive strength through the word He has spoken. And then, in the strength that he has given obey hallelujah we have put the cart before the horse and we have focused on the obedience part and made it something that we must do in our own strength in our own ability in our own power and we have gotten exhausted but if we will turn it around and begin to respond to every command as in fact first of all an impartation of strength for the fulfillment of the command and respond to that word in that manner, we will then be able to start participating in the strength which the Lord has given. And with His strength, we will find ourselves able to walk and not get tired, run and not be weary, and soar like eagles, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Now, let me, again, I always I try to be as clear as I can possibly because I want you to really take this word and apply it. So let me ask a question that I suspect some of you may be asking and then briefly try to answer it. What must I do to receive the strength of the Lord? You, you know, what must I do? What must I do practically to start walking and running in his strength and not my own. What must I do practically to exchange my strength for the Lord's? Well, I believe there are two, two things in Scripture that provides us the answer. Remember once when the disciples came to Jesus and they said, Lord, what must we do that we must work the works of God? Jesus simply responded. He said, this is the work of God. Believe. Believe. Believe the gospel. Believe. And so the first thing you and I will have to do if we want to exchange our strength for the Lord's in fulfilling our responsibilities, whether they're our responsibilities in our families, our responsibilities to God, um, our assignments in life, uh, our our desire to live godly and holy lives, whatever those areas are, if I'm going to exchange my strength for his strength, then the place to start is to believe the good news. Believe the good news. And what is the good news? The good news is simply this, that when he gives you this command, he tells you to do something, the good news is that that command is first and foremost his impartation of power and strength and ability to you, and that he has now given you the strength you need to actually walk in obedience to his command. So start believing that. Start thanking God for that. Start declaring, thank you, Lord, that with this command to love my wife or with this command to to, 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 to be a godly man and with this command to resist temptation, you have given me the very power, the strength I need to actually obey it. Believe that. Begin to thank God. And begin to rejoice in the strength that he has to you, even through the command he gives you. Believe the good news. You don't have to live this life in your strength and power. You can't. God knows you can't. God has provided strength and power in his word, in the command for you. Believe that. Believe that. And secondly, that scripture we read said, they that wait upon the Lord, shall renew their strength. And so the second thing that I have to do, and you have to do, in order to exchange my strength for the Lord's, is to wait upon the Lord. Now, what does that mean? What does it mean, wait upon him, trust him, hope him? What does it mean, practically speaking? Well, it means, you know, simply this. Humble yourself before him, Humble yourself before him in prayer and yield to his will. Whatever his will might be, you go ahead. Believe, one, that he enables you by his word with the strength to actually fulfill the word he has commanded you to obey. Believe that. And then the next thing to do is to simply humble yourself in prayer. And yield to that will, whatever it might be, knowing that he has given you the strength to fulfill it. Did you just hear what I said? First of all, believe. And then secondly, humble yourself because he gives grace. He gives strength to the humble. Humble yourself in prayer by yielding to that will, knowing that it's going to take his strength to fulfill it. Knowing it's going to take his strength to fulfill it, humble yourself and yield to that will. And you will experience the strength. He'll give you the strength. The strength that is in that word will start to manifest in your life. I think a great example of that is about our Lord and Savior Jesus himself. Remember, as Jesus was facing the cross and the difficulty of the cross, Jesus went um, into the Garden of Gethsemane, and the Bible says he wrestled there because his flesh was resisting that. And he went to God, and three times he said to God, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. But then he always would end with, but nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Three times he did that. What was he doing? He was humbling himself. He was facing uh, an assignment that was more than, humanly speaking, he had the strength for. So he went into a place of prayer, and in that place of prayer, he humbled himself and yielded to God's will, knowing that it would take the strength of his Father for him to accomplish his mission. And as he humbled himself and yielded to the Father's will, knowing that it would take the Father's strength to fulfill it, the Bible says after he did that three times, angels from heaven appeared unto him and strengthened him. And he was supernaturally strengthened, and he got up from that place of prayer, got his disciples, and was strengthened by God to go to the cross, to die for your sins, and strengthened by God three days later, to rise from the dead, strengthened by God to ascend, and is coming back. Hear me. That is so, so important. The strength of the Lord is available. Those that wait upon the Lord will. Renew their strength. Will mount up with wings as eagles. They'll run and not be weary. They'll walk and not fail. Why? Because they're not operating in their own strength. They're relying on someone else's strength, the strength of the Lord. And because they're being infused and energized by the Lord, they're able to run. They're able to walk. They're able to soar. They're able to accomplish the will of God for their life. They're able to complete their assignment like Jesus did. They're able to overcome fear. They're able to overcome doubts they are able to overcome death why because the lord is strengthening them it's not about your ability it's not about mine we we don't have in ourselves what it takes man and so let's stop beating up on ourselves and stop you know getting depressed and and discouraged because i i i'm not listen let's settle the issue apart from him you can do nothing he knows that You don't need to do this in your strength. When he commands you to do something, that command is first an enablement. It's an impartation of strength and power to do it. So embrace that by faith before you even begin to try to obey. Receive the strength that he has given you by faith. And then in prayer, humble yourself and yield to that will, knowing that it's going to take his strength to fulfill it, but believing that that strength has been given and will be given to you for that very purpose of fulfilling his will. In Jesus' name, I pray that this will help you. And if there's anyone now who's watching and participating in this service, you're weary, you're tired, you've given up because you have tried so much and you've been condemning yourself and beating up on yourself because you just haven't had the strength to do it, hear me. That's a good place to be because when you're weak, then you can become strong. You can exchange your weakness, which you call strength, for the Lord's and for his strength. And may the Lord now, by his spirit, even as I speak, empower you to rise up, empower you to come to him, empower you to believe, empower you to yield, empower you to receive the very strength you need to be and do what he's called you to do. God bless you. Happy, happy, blessed Father's Day. May the Lord continue to be your strength. And that the Lord continue to open your eyes and cause you to grow in the revelation of this truth so that you may not only know it in your head, but you have it in your heart and you're walking in it day. God bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for listening today. If you love this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and give a review on iTunes. To learn more about Bethel or to support this ministry financially, please visit us at www.BethelCityOfHope.com. You can also connect with us via Facebook or Instagram at Bethel City of Hope. Thanks again. Have a great day.